Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. game here on Sin. Happy to be with you here on a lovely Tuesday. Hey, we're almost at the end of July, guys. We're almost there. We're less than two months from the NFL season in this hour. A lot of NFL talk coming your way. The AFC East again yesterday. Uh, I came in with a bang. I came in with the Cleveland Browns and a 14 and a 14 and three record for the Browns. I don't have anything that crazy in the AFC East in comparison to that to some. So uh, we'll be previewing uh, the AFC East this hour, but of course uh, we'll be looking at as well plenty of NBA Finals action as well. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Also, Jason Kahn is here as well. Again, producer number, producer number five of this program, producer number seven. At some point, we, at some point, we just—I uh, I know Gil has mentioned this in the in the past. We have to have a producer reunion. Like at some point, just bring every producer in studio, and and, and it'll be a big old party in here at some point. And again, we could be our own. Uh, we we could basically uh, we're, we're two away, Jason. And uh, again, not saying anything's going to happen to you, Jason. I hope nothing happens to you. Thank you. But we're, we're we're two away. We're one person away technically from adding Gil in for making a full baseball nine at this point. So it's very impressive. Really is. Uh, but Jason, Jason Codd doing a great job as always. Uh, thanks to the crew as well downstairs, keeping me uh, somewhat in line. And I know some would say I'm, I, I'm only somewhat in line. Let's go to the NBA finals here, guys. Uh, game number six tonight in Milwaukee. The Bucks will try to close the door 
and win their first title in 50 years as they're going to take on the Suns in game six. This has been interesting line movement during the show. So looking at DraftKings here, it's been five most places across the board. That's your consensus still at, at VEASAN.com for most of the books uh, that we have on our, on our, uh, on our website, of course, VEASAN.com for all your betting needs as well. We have seen four and a halfs populate the market, but DraftKings has been the interesting one here. Our show started an hour and two minutes ago at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time. This is pinballed three separate times in the last hour. When we came on the air, it was five. When we were about 25 minutes in, we were it was four and a half. Then back to five, and now back to four and a half. Juice on Milwaukee's four and a half, minus 115, minus 105 on Phoenix at the four and a half for tonight. The total has st- stood pat at 222 everywhere. Uh, I-, I would imagine this total is going to close 221 and a half, maybe even 221 on the total here for Milwaukee and Phoenix uh, tonight. I'm staying away from anything in the traditional sense. I think Milwaukee wins. I don't feel comfortable laying four and a half or five tonight. Phoenix first half would be the only traditional sense bet I would look at. I agree with the handicap our guy Drew Dinsick had, had earlier in the program where the micro adjustments early in the game happen on the Monty Williams side. And Monty Williams has been better early in games with his adjustments. Budenholzer's been spectacular late in games as this series has gone along. So I I would look to a Phoenix first half play, getting the two and a half, and then maybe flipping around and taking Milwaukee in the second half at a discounted number pregame for for this one. The Bucs, of course, a five-point favorite tonight, 222 the total. As we look at props, I mentioned this earlier. The two props I like tonight, Giannis Atetokounmpo, 32.5 is the number on his point total. And look, I understand that this is the going to be the square position of the night, taking Giannis's total over 32.5 because, look, it's, it's the best player in this series. Is Giannis Atetokounmpo is going to win the MVP of the series if Milwaukee holds on. Again, I know there's some rumblings. Oh, he'll win MVP regardless. Uh, again, if LeBron James did not win the MVP in the 2015 NBA Finals, where he was so clearly the best player in this series, uh, when Andre Iguodala wanted in a series where Devin Booker's had multiple 40-point games, and if Phoenix wins this series, Chris Paul uh, is going to probably have a big impact on this series in these last two games. You would imagine that we'll see Chris Paul uh, be uh, a choice or Devin Booker be a choice. So Giannis uh, over 32 and a half on Giannis and then Jay Crowder. I'm going to go under 10 and a half. I just think this is a bad scenario for Phoenix role players. As we've seen throughout this series, they have struggled a little bit more on the road in this series and this postseason. So Crowder under 10 and a half, the other play as we roll on here on a numbers game on the sin, the sports betting network, happy to be with you again, the two plays for me tonight on game six of the NBA Finals, nothing in the traditional sense. Giannis point total over 32.5. Jake Crowder under 10.5 and, and a little bit of a lean with our guy Drew Dinsick on the Phoenix Suns getting 2.5 or 3 in the first half tonight. But let's shift over to the National Football League. We're only six weeks away from week one. And today we're going to look at the AFC East. Yesterday, the AFC North, if you missed a quick recap from me here, Cleveland Browns to win a division plus 150. Cleveland over their win total, 10 and a half, 11. I like those. And the Steelers 
under their win total. I'd be even willing to look at an alt win total under of seven and a half on the Steelers. Those were the three big plays in the AFC North for me. But today, we'll go to the AFC East. And Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus is with us now. Eric, thank you for being with us this morning. Hey, thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. Uh, let's start here. And I want to start with the defending division champion, a team that made the AFC championship a year ago, Josh Allen, spectacular a year ago for the Buffalo Bills. They are the odds-on favorite in this division, minus 150 at some spots, minus 155 at BetMGM, a win total of 11. Eric, with going through this, I just don't see a scenario, unless if there are significant injuries for Buffalo, where they aren't repeating and aren't going over the 11-win season win total I, I to me these are the two best bets in the division uh talk me off of it or continue to talk me in it in those two bets yeah I, I think I'm a little bit more uh, inclined to go under on Miami and New England as the best bets in the division but I, that is correlated with exactly what you said which is that Buffalo is the class of this division they're I think one of the most robust uh franchises in the entire NFL going um, Josh Allen. I do think that there is some risk of regression with him after such an amazing season, uh, improving from not quite as good of a year uh, in both 2018 and 2019. But that being said, um, I, I think that you know 11's a lot. Uh, you know, 11 has previously, you know, now we're in 17 games. Well, let's just say 10 and a half or more as a win total historically has only been reserved for the truly elite, not only teams but also quarterbacks. So think about the Rodgers, the Brady's, the Mahomes of the world. The question that you have to have, and we have this projected win total at 10.7, so not too far off, but the, the question you have to ask is, has Josh Allen earned that distinction after one really amazing season at the Buffalo Bills signal caller? So I'm happy you brought up Allen in a potential regression because year one as a rookie, we know he was a mess. Year two, better, still not great. Uh, playoff game was a disaster, and that was kind of the perception that everyone got of Josh Allen. And then last year, like you said, legitimate MVP candidate, uh, absolutely spectacular all year long. Just if he regresses, that's the big question for me. Is the regression to still a top five, top ten quarterback regression, or does he regress back to a middle-tier quarterback, which would be something that, uh, for me, Eric, would, would put that win total maybe in jeopardy. Wouldn't throw the division in jeopardy because I'm not high on the other teams in the division, but how far of a regress can the Bills take from Allen and still uh, go over that win total or, again, uh, steamroll their way to the East? I mean, I think I think to bet this over, you almost have to assume. And there, there's the other thing with Allen too. I know he's been very durable, but he is a runner. He is somebody that you know. You looked at time sense pressure. It's a lot. It's pretty high. He likes to hold on to the ball. There is tail risk that's associated with the Bills team that is you know involved in him getting injured. Now they got Mitch Trubisky as the backup, um, which can be which can be pretty good. But I would say you know. He can, if he's a top 12 quarterback, they're still the favorites in the division by a decent amount. Um, and if he's, you know, if he regresses into that sort of middle of the pack range, then you have to sort of hope that, for example, Zach Wilson doesn't become amazing in his rookie year or the, the wheels don't, you know, the things don't turn over nicely for Miami and New England. But I think the Bills winning the division. Uh, I think is pretty robust with respect to changes in what Allen does. I think going over the win total 
it might be it might be a little tougher if Allen either gets injured or regresses past like a top dozen quarterback in the NFL. Eric Eager with us right now here on a numbers game on VSIN. Uh, of course, Eric of Pro Football Focus. Get him on the tweets at PFF underscore Eric. Uh, I just want to ask you about the Buffalo defense. Uh, even in a great year last year, there, there there were some times where you scratched your head and say, oh, is this defense really good enough to get them to an AFC championship game or further? Of course, uh, got to Kansas City and got handled pretty easily. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Buffalo defense going into this year? Uh, again, with a really good head coach, a defensive-minded head coach, and a defense that in the playoffs, those first two rounds especially, really did show up. Yeah, and a good coordinator, a long-standing guy, Mm -hmm. Leslie Frazier, I think you have, you know, a really good, and and from a team-building perspective, Brandon Bean, you know, as time has gone on, you know, they've contended the whole time in the Sean McDermott era, beginning with defense and sort of a weaker quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, and now, you know, buying into the offense at the expense of the defense, you know, sort of hoping that, you know, being good enough on that side of the ball will be good enough. And and in general, that, that was the case. They were not nearly as good of a defense last year as they had been in previous years. But when your offense performs at the level they did, it doesn't really matter. And I think that's kind of what they're gambling on here. They, they bought into Matt Milano, obviously uh, Edmonds as well, linebacker. That's a good pair of linebackers. They have no players in the front four, though, that are, you know, paid in the top like 20 25 players and so they have to kind of manufacture that Epineza as well as like get all they, they have to sort of um find play you know find pressure up front there and i don't know if that's going to be the most trivial thing in the world they did go i believe gregory Rousseau in the draft so they they could manufacture more pressure than they got a season ago on the back end you know two great safeties tredavious white one of the best zone corners in football there's always a question mark is what's going to happen at nickel and what's going to happen on the other side um, but I think they, generally speaking, do a good enough job there. And in this division, right, like, they, they're kind of lucky. Miami's quarterback situation looks kind of like a dud. Watua, New England, I don't think is is anywhere close there. The Jets are the one team, I think, that provide the tail risk for them on a defensive side of the ball. But I believe that's probably a year away um, before Buffalo really has to worry about that. Eric, let, let's go to Miami and uh, just teasing what I'm going to talk about with Miami later. I'm with you. I don't buy Tua at all. And their defense last year, uh, they were they were 12th in defensive DVOA, but they produced so many points and produced so many turnovers and short fields for that offense that they were able to get to a 10-6 and six record. Eric, for me, the Dolphins are the best team to fade in season win totals and uh, just in, in game-by-game betting scenarios this year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Miami going into year two at Tua uh, down in South Beach? Yeah, they uh, you know they led the NFL. Buffalo is actually second, but they led the NFL in percentage of drives that ended in a turnover a season ago. Um, they only played 998 plays, which was the 24th uh, m- uh, most in the NFL. Um, you know, and, and so they weren't even like exposed from a volume perspective. They lose Kyle Van Noy, who was a leader for them. Um, you know, I think generally speaking, I'm a fan of the direction in which Miami's going, um, but that I think is going to require some growing pains. And that growing pain is. You know, they don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick to bail them out when Tua plays poorly uh, in some of those games. And I think that that's going to be a problem for them at times. So, 
Um, they at the same time, though, like they do have some tail risk in the positive, uh, you know, positive direction as well. Adding Will Fuller, adding Jalen uh, Waddle, um, you know, to go with Mike Kosicki, to go with Jakeem Grant, as well as Devontae Parker, that that offense could be pretty good. It's just it just needs Tua to be above a certain threshold that he was rarely above last year. Eric Eager with us right now here on a numbers game. Uh, Eric, uh, just. The weird thing with Miami, too, for me is I like Brian Flores. I think Brian Flores is a, a legitimate top 10 coach. Usually I look to bet on teams that are co- that are that are well coached, but you mentioned it with the defense. The lack of sustainability for what that defense did last year makes Miami, even more than the Tua factor, makes them uh, the, yeah. the fade that they are. Because, uh, look, the team that I compare this to is the Chicago Bear team that won the NFC North. They're very similar to this. A questionable quarterback play, defense that played well over their head the year before. And what do we see the next year? The Bears missed the playoffs. Yeah, and it doesn't. And the thing about this is, is like, and I think the, the betting markets are sophisticated enough on these, but like the thing about those types of teams is you don't need to go from the best defense in the NFL to the 15th best. You, and again, Miami's number wasn't even the best defense from a efficiency standpoint. They were just really good at taking the ball away. But you don't need to fall 15 spots defensively for that to happen. You need to fall five spots. Mm-hmm. And if your quarterback isn't good enough to cover that spread, then it ends up being uh, uh, less than what you believe, right? And, and again, you know, this league is so fun in the sense that elite quarterbacks can cover up the, a multitude of sins across the roster and coaching staff. And amazing defenses and they're about two or three a year can cover up really big issues sort of on the offensive side of the ball, but those are more fleeting. Eric, I want to move to new England. Uh, the, the Patriots are one of the harder teams for me to get a read on this year because of the question marks at quarterback. We assume cam will start week one, but if cam plays like he did last year, we're going to see Mac Jones at some point. And, of course, Belichick still there, the, the greatest coach in the history of the sport. And New England gets a whole bunch of players back from opting out a year ago. And they spent a whole lot of money to improve their offense and defense this offseason. I, I can't really get a feel for the Patriots, though. Where are you looking on New England? Again, the season win total uh, on New England, uh, I believe it's actually nine and a half, not that 11 that you see on your screen. Uh, yeah, this is this is another one where it, it's extremely weird because when you look at the Patriots from a season ago, you're you're really looking at a team that at seven and nine, you can make a case. I know their Pythagorean win total is about seven and nine, but you look at a talent, you you add up the wins above replacement across the team. It was more talent wise, like a five win team, mm-hmm. and so Belichick can give you that sort of like boost there. Um, can he do it in consecutive years? Because this is the first time New England's really stocked up on players to this magnitude since 07, which was when they went 17 or 16 and 0 in the regular season, then 18 and 0 before losing to the Giants. I just don't know if the quarterback can press the edge that well. I, I like Mac Jones long term. I think he was a great value at 15. I, I think they're going to give Cam a big enough shot. And and you know, as much as I liked Cam's career, I think he's you know he just doesn't have the ability to sustain 16 games anymore. So I think this is going to be weirdly a transitional year for New England, which I know is going to be disappointing because they've spent so much money in free agency on Matthew Judon and, and uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar and the two tight ends. Um, but, you know, th- that's probably, you know, going to end up being, uh, you know, their fate. 
Let's go to the team that uh, was historically bad for a good chunk of the year last year. Uh, new regime in the Meadowlands with the Jets. Uh, Robert Salah takes over for Adam Gase. New quarterback as well. Sam Darnold now a Panther. Zach Wilson drafted at the second overall pick. Eric, I, the Jet win total is six. And for me, the whole handicap is how good is Zach Wilson or how bad is Zach Wilson uh, right away? Because the one thing that you know with the Jets, there's two things. It's going to be an improvement in head coach because it can't get much worse than it was a year ago with Adam Gase. And number two, they're at least building this thing correctly now with Joe Douglas in command of the front office. So uh, the Jet win total is six. Uh, They may be a year away, but that number seems a little low to me, Eric. Yeah, you're absolutely right. This is the best bet I like in the division. I have the Jets at 7.8 wins. I have them going over six, about 60, well, six or more, 68% of the time, which I think is a pretty solid play here. Sorry about the, the noise in the back. Um, <laughs> and, and I think I, I think you're absolutely right about the building the, the, the team the right way. You look at the contrast between what they gave Darnold after trading away three picks to get him and what they get with given Zach Wilson with Elijah Vera Tucker, Mackay Becton from a season ago, Elijah Moore, uh, Corey Davis. Like, I think the Jets are, uh, in, and, and as you said, Robert Salah, but also LaFleur, the brother of uh, uh, Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. This is a team that I think low key, I don't think that they contend for anything in the AFC this year. But I think they're plucky, and I think that, you know, they, they probably could remind people of, like, the early Carolina years with Cam Newton where you're a very, very um, entertaining 7-9 and nine team. And I think that batters who buy into the Jets this year as a dog in many of their games but also on the over in the season win total will be happy they did. Yeah, no, I look, I, I'm going to take over six. I'm with you. Uh, again, uh, every once in a while my pro Jets bias does come out. But, again, it's – I really don't think people are, are appreciating or uh, not appreciating how bad Adam Gase is in comparison was in comparison to what Salah is, even though, again, it's hard to know with a first-time head coach what he's going to be. But you brought up a good point there, too, with LaFleur. This offense at least look will look like an NFL offense this year. And, uh, again, it's going to ride on the shoulders of number two in, in Zach Wilson, Eric. Absolutely, and I think the the really hard part about this last quarterback draft was I think Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, very much put themselves in the conversation with the way they played the last year um, in that Trevor Lawrence category. And I know that it, it sort of depended upon how you sort of viewed the board, but like Zach Wilson, very much is uh, a top tier prospect at the quarterback position. And I think because he went to the Jets and the Jets have been so down for so many years, I think many people are sort of still fading him. Make no mistake, he was amazing last year with not a great supporting cast at BYU. And I think he'll be a very good Jet. He's Eric Eager. You can get him on the tweets at PFF underscore Eric. Eric, thank you for being with us this morning. And uh, look, I... We bring on smart people, and when when smart people align with what I think, I definitely feel a lot better about my thoughts on the division as we go through today. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Take care. Of course. Uh, Eric Eager of Pro Football Focus. Uh, Good stuff on the AFC East. When we get back, we'll look at it from my perspective here in the AFC East. We're going to go to Western New York. The Bills, defending division champions. I'll tell you why, even with laying a price, 
that the Bills winning the AFC East is actually the best divisional bet here in the AFC East. That's next on a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and expect. Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Big thanks to Eric Eager for hopping on last segment, talking AFC East. And we continue our roll ahead of our NFL previews on the show this ne- these next two weeks. 
And we will go to the AFC East for myself. And we'll start with the defending division champion, Buffalo Bills. And as you look at our handy-dandy guide sheet for the Bills that you'll see on your screen momentarily, they are an odds-on favorite to repeat as AFC East champs. No shock there for Josh Allen and company at BetMGM. And, of course, a numbers game is brought to you by BetMGM as well. Minus 155. So laying $1.55 on Buffalo to win the AFC East, plus 650 to win the AFC title. And then the Bills to win their first Super Bowl in franchise history would be 12 to 1. Season win total 11, which I was a little surprised at to see it at 11 and not have the hook on there. Understandably, there is about minus 135 juice on that over 11 on Buffalo. But you look at this team, and Eric Eager brought, a, brought up a very good point. In the last segment, and, and and this is the whole crux of Buffalo here this year. Will Josh Allen regress? The answer to that, I think, is yes. So a question that we're also pondering is, is he a legit MVP candidate? I don't think he will be this year. I think he'll be good. But, again, if Aaron Rodgers plays, Aaron Rodgers will be a better MVP candidate. That guy in Kansas City, Mahomes, is pretty good. Uh, Justin Herbert out west against the Chargers, I think, with the Chargers, I think is a better candidate this year than Josh Allen. And as we said yesterday, I have a, I have a small little play on Baker Mayfield at 40-1 to 1 to win the MVP. So I think Baker is a little bit better than Allen in that market as well. Uh, who's your number one running back? I look, uh, for me, Devin Singletary, I think, will end up taking the reins. I think that's the pretty simplistic answer to that. Uh, it's just a matter of did Zach Moss do enough this offseason season? To uh, to see uh, what uh, what uh, what his improvement is uh, going into year two, uh, the product out of Utah. Uh, but looking at this team, unless if Allen gets hurt, and I understand that MVP Mitch is the back of there in Buffalo now, but as long as Allen stays healthy and doesn't crater, I don't think we see a crater from Allen where he falls all the way back into what he was back in his first two seasons in the NFL. Look, he was bad in week in his first year. He just was. He wasn't a good quarterback. Year two, better. Still a lot of question marks. I think a lot of, a lot of people forgot all the question marks we had about Josh Allen after year two. Granted, recency bias probably played a little bit of a role in it because of what happened in the playoff game in Houston where he looked like the deer in the headlights the whole way through and did not play well in that game in Houston. And, and again, the... The Bills still almost won that game, even with Josh Allen not playing well against Deshaun Watson and the Texans in that wild card weekend game uh, back in the 2019 season. But for me, if Allen regresses, I think Allen will regress from being a top four quarterback in the league a year ago to being around number 10, which is still a top third quarterback and is more than enough for Buffalo to win this division pretty handily. Uh, this is more of just they're in the right division. And we saw the Patriots dominate this division for 20 years, obviously. When you have Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, you're going to dominate whichever division you're in. But it was a lot easier for them being in a division that, again, had through 20 years, had really one good team in it the entire time, which was the 2010 New York Jets, other than what New England was that entire two-decade stretch. But look, Buffalo's schedule out of the gate I think is really manageable. 
really manageable. I think they're going to destroy Pittsburgh week one. They're a six and a half point favorite. I think that is going to be a domination in Western New York and going to start that that bad season that I projected Pittsburgh to have yesterday. So Buffalo, uh, look, uh, minus 150, minus 155 to win the division. There is no one in this division that can realistically compete with Buffalo this year. I think the Jets are a year away from being a threat. I think Miami, because of what their defense did a year ago, will regress. And New England, basically you're betting on, if you're betting on New England to win this division, you're betting on Bill Belichick. You're not betting on what that roster is. Uh, as Eric said, last year they went 7-9. They were really, by the numbers, about a 5-11 and 11 team. With the improvement they, they've had, uh, Hunter Henry, Nelson Aguilar on the offense, Matthew Judon on the defense, the big additions this offseason. New England will get to them in a little bit, but they're not competing with Buffalo for the AFC. So the Bills, even though you're laying a price at minus 150 or minus 155, that's pretty darn good value. I think they should be in the pocket of about minus 250. So you're getting a whole dollar. I would take Buffalo laying $1.50 to repeat as AFC East champions. When we get back, we're going to go down to South Beach. Look at Tua Tungavailoa and the Miami Dolphins next on a numbers game here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. are coming soon and there is no better way to prepare for college and pro football seasons our experts provide profiles on every team with advanced stats and power ratings plus best bets on season win totals division finishes and player awards each guide's only twenty dollars and discounts are available when you buy both now is the time to reserve your copy or sign up for vsin all access and get everything we offer for the entire football season Sign up now at vcin.com slash subscribe. It is a numbers game here on vcin. I'm Jeff Parles in for Gil Alexander. Day two of 10 in for young Gil, who, again, hopefully he's enjoying his vacation. Jason Kahn is here, though. So producer number five, producer number seven behind the glass. So happy to be with you, as we always are here uh, from uh, 10 to noon Eastern here on vcin. Let us go to the Miami Dolphins here. Tua Tungavailoa has turned into quite the lightning rod in NFL discussions over his first year in the league. The Dolphins last year, amazingly enough, ahead of schedule, 10-6 and six a year ago. Now, in a normal line of progression for a team that was rebuilding in that fashion, when you see a team ahead of schedule like this, you normally would automatically think, okay, this is the year they take the leap. That plus 325 to win the AFC East is a good number, and you would normally go that direction. That's usually how it goes. You take the second season leap for a rookie quarterback with a good defense and, to me, a top 10 head coach in Brian Flores. Normally, that would be the way you look at it. It's not how I look at it at all. Complete opposite. Few things that are alarming for Miami that we saw a year ago, even in a 10-6 and season. Tua Tungavailoa showed me nothing that he can be a good NFL quarterback last year. He didn't show me a thing. And I understand Jacoby Brissett is now the backup there, who we know can be 
a serviceable NFL starter in this league. We understand that. But the way that we saw last year, where Ryan Fitzpatrick was basically used as Mariano Rivera at times last year, coming in out of the bullpen, and especially in that game late in the season against Vegas to save their playoff chances, at least until they got destroyed in Buffalo Week 17 in a game that the Bills really didn't even need. But Tua Tungavailoa showed me nothing last year of being warranted, of being of being a legitimate NFL quarterback, definitely not of being a top-five draft pick like he was for Miami. I don't think he's the guy. It would not shock me at all if we see Jacoby Brissett for multiple starts, which right now I think Jacoby Brissett's the better NFL quarterback than Tua Tungavailoa. So I would be looking at Tua Tungavailoa props under this year, and again, could that get torpedoed? Of course it could. Tua could come out, have a big improvement, then I could be looking like a fool on this show. But I don't see it from Tua. His passing yard total at DraftKings isn't even 4,000 and a half. I like that under 4,000 and a half from Tua. I just don't see it. And the problem for Miami, it's not even like they have a traditional running game now. Miles Gaskin is a small guy. He's a good player. But he's a guy who's, to me, more effective in the passing game. They do have Malcolm Brown. So, at least, uh, again, Sean McVay can't overuse Malcolm Brown like he did last year. But, for me, I Miami's offense, even with the addition of Waddle in the draft, who has the ability to be an absolute star in this league, and the familiarity with Tua definitely helps. And Will Fuller, who, again, the question marks on Will Fuller. Will he stay healthy? Who the heck knows? He never really stayed healthy throughout his career. I don't see Miami's offense improving uh, as much as it should. They'll be a little bit better than they were a year ago because they've had their struggles. But, again, I don't see it with Tua. I don't see it, and I would not be shocked if you see a bunch of Jacoby Brissett, and that's when Miami's offense looks a little bit better. But the big question is the second question. How much of what the defense did a year ago, how much of that is sustainable? And to me, a very small amount of it is sustainable. When you set up, when you're second in the league in setting up points on turnovers, number one in turnovers forced, like Miami was a year ago, that's not sustainable. And you saw that with a very similar team to this in the Chicago Bears of a few years ago when Mitchell Trubisky was their quarterback, the 2018 season. The Bears won the NFC North. Yes, Trubisky did improve from what he was the year before. He still was pretty average, though. And that defense set up a ton of points and forced a ton of turnovers, uh, scoring on their own, setting up short fields. That's what Miami was last year. And they were the 12th DVOA defense last year, which is, again, above league average, but not what you would anticipate for a defense that set up as many points as they did a year ago. So Miami, I, I, I did like their draft. I like Phillips, like Holland, that they, they drafted uh, the safety and, and, and the, uh, the pass rushing linebacker out of Miami, Jalen Phillips. I just am not buying that defense being as good as it was a year ago for this Dolphin team. So, for those reasons, they are an under for me. Tua struggles here in year two. You see Jacoby Brissett for a few games because of said struggles, with, which, again, that does not do anything good for Tua Tungavailoa's uh, future as a potential Miami Dolphin and potential as a legitimate starter in this league. And that defense, again, I think it will be good, but it will regress in the amount of turnovers it forces – and it, again, 
the amount of points that you set up, not sustainable for the Miami Dolphins and a stumble to an under 500 record for the Dolphins, under nine, under nine and a half, under eight and a half. I all like for the Miami Dolphins this year. They are a fade as well. That week one matchup, the one thing that I will say, week one could torpedo me because if they go to New England and hammer New England week one as a two-point underdog, then you view this season a little bit differently for the Dolphins. But for me, going into it, the Dolphins are a fade team. They are an under bet. And again, under nine, under nine and a half, under eight and a half. Take them all. I think they're all good on Miami under as they're going to go under 500 in year two of Tua. And I do like Tua's passing total under 4,000 yards. I just don't see it for Tonga Vailoa this year. And again, when you're thinking like me that Jacoby Brissett may get some run here, that's going to be a hard number to get over, even with a 17th game, again, added to the schedule this year. Uh, the Patriots are next, and we'll dive more into New England in the next segment along with the New York Jets. But as I told Eric Eager, the Patriots are a little bit hard to figure out. And in my handicap of New England, it's mostly a Bill Belichick handicap. It's mostly that Belichick's coaching will be able to carry the day for the Patriots and help that team win a few more games than they probably should based off their roster. So we'll look at the Patriots and also we'll look at my New York Jets. What will Zach Wilson be in year one in the NFL? And how much of an improvement will Roberts, Robert Salah be over Adam Gase? It's going to be quite the improvement. That's coming up next as we roll along here on a numbers game on v the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. 
Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Sportsbooks. Sign up today and win $100 if you place a $1 wager on any NBA Finals game and either team hits a three-pointer, regardless of your bet's outcome. Simply use bonus code VSIN100 when you place your first bet. Enjoy the Finals more than ever with BetMGM. It's a new customer offer paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older to place a wager Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Washington, D.C., or West Virginia only. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. In Colorado, Nevada, Virginia, and Washington, D.C., 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. In Tennessee, call or text Redline 1-800-889-9789. In Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITHED. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. It is a numbers game here on VSIN. I'm Jeff Parlson for Gil Alexander. Jason Kahn's here as well. Happy to be with you. Two teams to go through in the AFC East. And, again, a recap of my plays for tonight on Game 6 of the NBA Finals between the Bucks and the Suns. Let's start with the New England Patriots, though, in the AFC East. A rough year a year ago, 7-9 for Belichick and company. First season under 500 since Belichick's first year in New England. First time missing the playoffs since 2008, when that was the Matt Castle season. New England still won 11 games in that season, but it was not enough to beat Miami in the AFC East race and the wild cards in that postseason, which included the Baltimore Ravens. As I said to Eric Eager earlier, this is a hard team to figure out for me because of the quarterback situation. I'm not a huge fan of Cam Newton at this point. I think he's done. 
but I'm not a huge fan of Mac Jones either. And even with the good additions this offseason, uh, Johnu Smith comes over from Tennessee. Hunter Henry comes over from the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, health questions with Henry, but that's been the story of his career. Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, wide receivers on the outside. Uh, again, uh, probably won't see much of Nikhil Harry this year for New England. So on the offensive side of the ball, there's just a lot of questions for me for New England. Uh, defensively, Matt Judon, that was the big addition. Uh, again, what a player he is getting him from Baltimore. And I'm curious to see, again, Cameron Mack is a big question. Cam will start the season. It's just a matter of when we see Mac Jones. Uh, and look, will this offseason spending spree produce immediate results? And I'm not sure it will because if Cam Newton looks like he did a year ago, New England's going to have a whole lot of problems scoring. And look, Belichick could completely flip the style around, have uh, like they did early in the year before Cam got COVID, just have Cam basically be an exclusive running uh, running quarterback and go more of a hybrid system like that. But that would kind of defeat the purpose of the passing uh, weapons that you got for Cam or Mac Jones this offseason. So it'll be interesting to see what Josh McDaniels plan is offensively for the Patriots this year on uh, New England. Really for me, it's a stay off. They're a stay off this year. Betting wise. I uh, don't really want them uh, to bet on. Don't really want to fade because you fade Belichick at your own risk. So uh, they're a stay off for me. No bets. I do have them at 10 and seven. Uh, I, their schedule lines up pretty well and I have them sweeping Miami. That's really the whole crux of them being at 10 and seven, as opposed to being eight, and nine or, or right at one game above 509 and eight. Uh, they're going to miss out on the postseason. I have them actually missing out uh, via a tiebreaker. They play Indianapolis week 16 this year. That is going to be the difference. I have New England losing to Indianapolis in Indian week 16 to sneak the Colts in as the seventh seed for the second consecutive year. So uh, I see New England's defense improving because of getting opt-outs back and the improvements. And, of course, again, getting Matthew Judon is a big pick up for New England, but not enough to get in the playoffs. And in the end, their offense is what holds them back from returning to the playoffs. So back-to-back -back years with no traditional January football for the New England Patriots. Moving to the Jets, who last year, as we know, a complete dumpster fire for Gang Green, 2-14. and 14. They miss out on Trevor Lawrence with winning week games in Week 15 and 16 against L.A., and Cleveland, respectively, the Jets, the long shots in this division, 20 to 1 to win the AFC East, 80 to 1 to win the AFC Championship, 150 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Don't bet those guys, they're not winning any of those. But six on the season win total, I think, is too low. And as you look at the New York Jets schedule, now, I completely understand week one, Sam Darnold, the opponent. The Darnold revenge spot, I would imagine Carolina is going to get bet, and I do think Carolina will end up winning week one. They get the Patriots in week two. That will be a pivot point game to getting us over that total of six. If the Jets beat New England, I'm going to feel real good about getting over the six because even with that schedule being pretty difficult through week 10, uh, at Denver, early in the season, it's a bad draw. Denver covers games early in the season at, at elevation, and Denver's going to be favored in that game. You get the Titans early in the season. Maybe the Titans are working out some kinks offensively with Arthur Smith now being the head coach in Atlanta. Uh, no Johnny Smith there anymore. Uh, and look, 
the back end of that schedule, I think, is conducive to winning some games. I think they beat Miami week 11. They're going to be favored on the road at Houston. They'll probably be favored against Philadelphia at home in week 13. They'll probably be a favorite against Jacksonville late in the season. You can rack up some wins late in the season as you get further into Zach Wilson's season for the New York Jets. And look, the immediate results may not happen. This roster still is a year away from being a real threat to even be in playoff consideration this year. But at an even six where you have the out of pushing at 6-11, and 11, I like that a whole lot over 6 on the New York Jets. And I just, again, it's just a matter of how long does the stench of Adam Gase's tenure, how long does that stick around? Seriously, how long does that stick around? How long is Robert Salah able to inflict his will on this team in a positive way? How will Mike LaFleur's offense work in year one in New Jersey? For the Jets. And again, the, the, the bigger question, even more than that, is what is Zach Wilson? How good is he going to be? Is he going to be horrible in year one as a rookie? Uh, I think it's, again, I think this is a second-half team. They look good as the season goes along. They improved. They're much better, much better after that game in Buffalo, a game against Buffalo in week number 10. And I still think they finish in last. But 7-10... and 10, is going to be their final record. Zach Wilson improves as the year goes along. And look, recency bias will matter in awards. We saw it a few years ago where Josh Jacobs was probably better than Kyler Murray for the majority of the 2019 season. Because Kyler Murray closed well and was a quarterback, Kyler Murray won the NFL's rookie of the offensive rookie of the year. And I think that's a possibility with Zach Wilson, where I think Jacksonville is going to get off to a really hot start. We're going to really be praising Trevor Lawrence the whole way through early, and then Jacksonville is going to fall off. And the Jets will be better than them down the stretch. And and the important thing in these Rookie of the Year award markets for the offensive side, to me the only bets you can make preseason are quarterbacks that you know are starting week one. So Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson are the only two you know you're starting week one. Or running back. Najee Harris is really the only running back I would consider. And as we talked about yesterday, Pittsburgh's offensive line is horrible. And that's not conducive to a running back winning the offensive rookie of the year. So I, I Zach Wilson at 10 to 1 to win the offensive rookie of the year. Could Zach Wilson stink? Absolutely. A hundred percent could happen, could have a rough rookie year. But a 10 to 1? He's longer than Shrank Lance and Justin Fields, who looks like neither of those guys are going to start out of the gate. I'd rather have the 10 to 1 ticket on the guy I'm no, I know is going to start week 1. So I think that's worth the play at 10 to 1 on Zach Wilson to win the rookie of the year. So the Jets over 6, Zach Wilson 10 to 1 to win the rookie of the year. Uh offensive rookie of the year I should say are the two Jets bets I would look at. So recapping the AFC East here, there are no plays on New England, no plays on the Patriots. The Jets over 6 wins, Zach Wilson 10 to 1 rookie of the year. The Buffalo Bills to win their division at minus 150. And the Miami Dolphins under. I'm willing to take win total under 9.5, under 9, under 8.5. I'm willing to go under all those numbers, especially those those alt-unders I think are pretty good as Miami I think is going to stumble to an under 500 record. And the questions are only going to be asked louder and louder about Tua Tonga Vailoa. So there you go. Fade the Dolphins. Jets over, Bills to win their second consecutive division crown. Those are the bets I like the best in the AFC East. Game six, NBA Finals tonight in Milwaukee. One last dive into 
the potential clincher for the Milwaukee Bucks at home tonight. Still sitting at five in most spots between the Suns and the Bucks. The Bucks laying at home, laying minus 200, laying $2 on the money line. If you want the Bucks to clinch tonight, if you want a series price, minus 400. I, I really am in the camp of if Milwaukee loses tonight, they're not winning a game seven. They won their road game for the series. The allotment was used in game five. You got to have it tonight if you're the Bucks and win your first NBA title in 50 years. Suns on the comeback, plus 310 on BetMGM. Tonight in the money line, the Suns plus 175 consensus right now with a total of 222. No bets in the traditional sense pre-flop for me. Only props. I'm not. I'm going to stay off the first half, Suns, Jason. I, I just don't want anything to do with anything from a spreader total perspective today. That's just to stay off for me. So the two props... We're going to roll with them. Giannis Antetokounmpo, it's going to be me and the entire public here at 32 and a half points over on Giannis. The MVP of this series is going to have a big night in Milwaukee's closeout night at home. So over 32 and a half on Giannis. And then Jay Crowder, again, role players have struggled in this series for the Phoenix Suns in the Milwaukee games. I know Crowder hit a few threes and went over the total in game four, but I like his point total under. 10 and a half for tonight. So Crowder under 10 and a half. Giannis Atetokounmpo over 32 and a half are my two prop plays of the night for game six of the NBA Finals. I do expect Milwaukee to close things out, but I'm not confident enough to lay the five points tonight. So we'll see tomorrow morning. Will we be talking about a game seven? Will we be talking about Milwaukee's first championship? In 50 years, when it was Alcindor and the Big O doing their thing for the Bucks, We're back tomorrow on a numbers game. The Lombardi line is next. I'm Jeff Parles. This has been a numbers game on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. 
featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. At- 